Welcome to the Garden Culture Podcast, hosted by me, Bailey Van Tassel. I'm a self-taught gardener, busy wife and mother, and small business owner on a mission to live a garden-inspired life. Each month, we will explore what's going on in the garden and fields, as well as get to know incredible people who infuse their own lives with the magic of the garden. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned here, please visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast. Hello. We are in the middle of September, if you're listening to this the day that it comes out. And the temperatures we've just, I personally, Zone 10B, Southern California, have just come off of a crazy heat wave. There was a hurricane to the south of us. And, you know, it's so funny. I never used to check the weather. I've lived in Southern California, like San Diego, Orange County, LA, since college. And you just don't really have to check the weather. You look outside. If it looks gloomy, you like grab a cardigan. Otherwise, you can wear a t-shirt all the time. And since I've started gardening, I'm a weather person now. Like I understand why I remember my father living in Montana would have the weather channel on all the time and just just casually watching the weather channel all the time. And it's actually a great channel. I mean, they've got like news and human interest stories popping in, but it always just kind of was this funny joke between my husband and I. But I'm now that person that goes to like weather underground to see, you know, what's really going on because my weather app is unreliable at best. And so I was checking the weather. I'm hearing about this hurricane in Mexico coming up, giving us this hot rain, humidity, craziness. And today I checked again and it looks like we're heading into fall, which for us will be 70s in the day, 60s, 50s at night. And we're heading in that direction. So this is the week that I really start the fall garden. And what does that look like for me? I'll give you details. But first, I just wanted to point out that I've personally been working a lot on, um, I guess, self-care, cringe. I don't know why. I just, I don't like that word. But I've been working on prioritize, like being the person who prioritizes their health and mental well-being. And so what that looks like is meditating every day and taking at least a 30 minute walk every day if I can. Looks more like four days a week. But this morning, I sort of mix that with the principles I talk about a lot. Um, Things we talk about in the Kitchen Garden Society, like a lot of the daily inspo comes from something like this, which is went for a walk and decided that for the walk, I was going to notice as many fall things as possible because I'll come back through with my kids and we'll do a little nature walk and we'll either do a scavenger hunt or I have them find certain things like on a list that I know are there, or we'll do um, something similar. I'll have them look for signs of fall, like the leaves with their colors changing and whatnot. So I challenged myself to do it this morning so that I could lead them through it later, but also because it gave me presence and I, I liken meditation or even walking like this, it feels like, and this is what I visualize. This is, I guess it feels very personal to say, I visualize my brain being sort of like overheated and it's like, I'm pouring cool water 
like on sort of this overstimulated brain and just, ah, you know, that feeling of being too hot and jumping in the perfect temperature pool. And so that is a gift that we give ourselves. And so I did that this morning and it also totally sparked joy. Thank you, Marie Kondo, because I love autumn and summer is such a slog. So I really, it helped me really be grateful and see the signs and get excited definitely not sweater weather over here. We're not like getting cozy with cocoa by the fire. We'll have weeks before that really makes sense for us. But it was just a lovely 20 minutes of of doing that, of reminding myself to look for the signs, reminding myself to be present, feeling gratitude, and just letting that sort of exude, you know, and really shine through. So now everything I do and everyone I come in touch with today hopefully gets to experience some of that energy and that momentum. And that's really when making some changes that are start with me started to really make sense, which is, you know, my personality is to put others first, but I have to put myself first and fill up in this way so that others can be impacted by me in the way that I want them to be impacted. So anyways, just a little plug if you need to go give yourself permission to do a reset, take a walk, do something for yourself. It can be really basic like that. And September is a really beautiful time because whenever we're in sort of a seam or a seasonal transition, I believe it really stirs something within us and it helps us refocus, recommit. So so there's that. Okay. So the fall garden download, this is what I want to dig into and just share what, um, what I'm planting. I do all the fall things (laughs) and I'm trying to be more focused this year because two of my beds, I have 10 raised beds. They're four foot by eight foot each. Two of them are going to be dedicated to long-term crops, onions, and garlic. And I keep them separate of everything else because eventually near the end, you stop watering. So, you know, I think it's like three weeks before you pull your garlic, you want to stop watering. And I believe onions are sort of the same. I'm a bit new to growing both of those very seriously. So, but they need, you know, a solid, solid nine months. And so I've got my beds all prepped and ready, but those two haven't gone in yet because I have not received them. I've ordered my, I will order my onions from Dixondale Farms, which I should stop telling people about because they keep getting sold out. And then Territorial Seed Co. is where I get my garlic. And this is all hand-me-down information from my godmother, Auntie Pammy, who you'll hear about just forever and ever because she's my guru. Um, So those things I will plant, but they're not in yet. This week, leafy greens, so different types of romaine, And I've got rainbow chard as well as arugula that went in and arugula will bolt. So you have to be careful chard. I feel like I can almost grow as a perennial if I'm really good about harvesting it and taking care of it. And then romaine and buttercrunch just, they do fairly well here. They will bolt as temps get warmer. So if we do have any heat surges, I might be a little a little in trouble, but we'll see. Um, I also started some pea seeds today 
and we'll do more as more vertical space opens up, I can sort of trickle those through. We eat so many peas. So I'm trying to prioritize the pea because I would say, and this is where you start, your garden gets to be so personal and a reflection of what you're doing. I want to say we go through a bag of frozen peas a month. My children will eat just frozen peas. So if it's like desperate dinner night and I don't have a veg planned, I'll just give them a scoop of frozen peas and it's crazy and amazing and they'll eat it. And um, it's a great sick food too. Like if they're just not feeling good, you just want to get something in their bellies, like put it in a snack cup, pro tip. Um, But we've got sugar snaps going and that's always a winner because that really draws the kids out into the garden. And that's something where I can send them out and say, you guys, I saw a bunch of peas, go find them. And then they'll go out and hunt for the peas and be out there munching until they're gone, which is totally, it's like a crop we never bring inside, but that is, that's my personal mission. Get the kids outside into the garden, doing something they love. And it's the magic. So peas, but we're doing shelling peas as well this year. So a lot of pea action. And then I've started some radish, which is satisfying because they sprout quickly and some carrots. I've not always had a ton of success with carrots. I have grown them. It's hard to keep them away from the babies because they love to pull them out. Like who doesn't? It's so satisfying, but I'm trying a new approach this year. So I just amended the soil and right before we got some rain, I mean, this was a couple of days ago from when you're hearing this. I sowed my carrot seeds and then threw burlap over the top. I got some burlap from a local nursery. You know, they get some of their potted goods and ceramics sent in burlap or goodness knows what else. But I was like, can I, do you guys ever need to get rid of any of the burlap? And they're like, oh yeah. So they just gave them to me. And so we're testing that trick out. And that's very common thing to do to cover hard to germinate seeds with something like burlap. It's porous, obviously, and I can get it wet, but it'll just keep the soil damp. And each day I sort of check underneath to make sure the soil is still sort of damp and also to make sure nothing's sprouting. Because once it sprouts, pull off the burlap. But yeah, so that is what we're doing with the carrots. This year, I also want a lot of flower action We, I noticed, I started some late winter squash and experienced just instant blossom end rot. The plants are not doing well because they're not getting pollinated. We've got white cabbage butter roaming around, infecting the brassicas, my kale and my brassica seedlings, but no bees. And I realized the weather's turning, but I mean, not that dramatically. And I just didn't have enough flowers back here. So Lots of flowers. Um, Today, actually, right before recording this, I planted dianthus, snapdragon, pansies, and violas, which just hit the nursery, the pansies and violas, because they do like cool temps. But I saw some had self-sowed in a random place. So I knew my garden was ready. These are always the signs we want to look for. So I ran out to grab some. Um, But the thing that those four flowers have in common, does anyone know? They are all edible. So I use dianthus, snapdragon, pansies, and violas in my cooking a lot. I just think edible flowers are the moment. Like they are, they are it. They're so cool. How magical is it? A, that flowers exist and they're stunning and they're just, you know, love and sunshine and beauty and nostalgia and all the good things 
embodied. And then you can eat them. And um, I certainly know with like pansies and violas, believe pansies, they have a very, very gentle, like almost slightly minty flavor, but all these flowers have, you know, trace vitamins in them. And I wouldn't say you use these to replace a vitamin source, but like they're, it's plant matter. So it's fun to decorate cookies and butter and cheeses and salads. I've got calendula going, all borage always, nasturtium, my favorite plant of all time. I'm having a hard time getting to germinate this year, but she likes cooler temps also. And yeah, so my edible flowers are a constant in the garden, but I will be planting some non-edibles too to like really bring in, bring the heat when it comes to pollination. I also like to add in stock and stock is really pretty. I like the shape, that sort of tall, long, conical-ish shape. They are also edible. So you heard it here first. But the fall garden for me, we will also, so things I, I just don't have yet that I also want to put in. I just, my see, I started seeds for broccoli and cauliflower. I have no idea which seed is which. So we're going to have a mishmash out there, but I put those in my first round, like my first six, I will succession start. I don't want to say so, cause I, I haven't been direct sowing them though. I suppose I could right now. Um, the, those broccoli and cauliflower. Cause we go through that a lot. I don't want it all to be ready at once. I want like one or two heads ready a week. And the thing about broccoli, I've had a discussion about this with many people is that it can be cut and come again, but you're never going to get that one giant head. Again, you'll, I mean, you'll get that once you'll harvest that. And then there'll be a bunch of little side shoots and you can leave it in and harvest the side shoots. And almost, I know people that have grown it like a perennial and they're just getting like little, little florets all the time. You do you boo, whatever makes sense. But I want to have, if I can get one or two heads a week for maybe six weeks, that'll be a really great, just a year of broccoli for us. I would love to grow enough to freeze it. Broccoli is another thing that's just a go-to. Like you can mix it in anything. The kids will eat it cold, warm, steamed, roasted, whatever. However, it takes up a lot of space and, you know, it's just, it is, I, I don't treat it like cut and come again. Typically that's not enough for our entire family to eat off of. So it would require just so much energy to make that work. However, we've got kale in the ground. Did I say cabbage? I'm putting in some cabbage. And then fava beans then will be the last to go. I had put some in and they sort of turned a mushy rottenness with all the humidity and the weird heat and then the wet. It just was not, they were too mature. So sometimes when you go, beans, I recommend you start by seed always anyways. But this year I wanted to try, I saw fava beans at the nursery, snagged a six pack and you know, it only confirmed what I already knew. They were too mature, I felt like. And this happens with lettuce sometimes too. You put it in and it just flops and doesn't do well because it's too mature. It needs to be raised in your bed or in your soil. So that was an early fail, but I don't normally put fava beans in until a bit later. So I'm going to start some now. The kids have requested that they get to sow some seeds this week with me which is my favorite thing of all time. I kind of position it like, so I need to do some gardening. I'm so excited. I'm starting seeds. I'm doing transplants. 
I don't know if you guys want to do it, but if you guys want, you know, I can save some for you. Like make it seem like if you don't hop on this opportunity (laughs) and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seed, seed. So we're going to do fava beans with them. Okay. Real quick. I want to tell you about the kitchen garden society. It's my monthly gardening club for all levels of gardener and in all us hardiness zones. We're helping gardeners everywhere save time, maximize your yield, and build your true instincts. Each month in the Kitchen Garden Society, you get a to-do list of what to be harvesting, sowing, and transplanting, as well as what you should tend and task to. You get seasonal recipes and deep dive timely lessons to accompany the skills you're going to need in the garden this time of year. You hear from experts each month and get daily inspiration for seasonal living as well as the opportunity to share and ask questions in our members-only Facebook group. I hope you'll visit us at thekitchengardensociety.com and check it out. Now, something I get a lot of comments about over on Instagram, a lot of DMs, which makes my day getting messages like this because obviously, I mean, social media is totally dopamine addiction validation based, and I really dislike that. And I try to put myself in check whenever I'm seeking validation from like the internet, which is a scary place to be in mentally. But when I do get feedback from people that is like, thank you so much. You inspired me to start a garden. I mean, that's when you know the mission you're on is actually bearing fruit. But I got a note from someone and I've had maybe a half a dozen messages like this in the past month or so that were along the lines of, You made me feel like it was okay to fail in the garden. You made me feel like it was okay for my plants to die or for something to not work or to start too late or to do it anyways. And that is like the best moment of all time because every single gardener, and especially if you're consuming gardening content online, I mean... Everyone has failures. Even like I talked about my auntie Pammy, who's like a total guru. She has like a banger garden every single year. It's so amazing. She's like, oh yeah, like this, you know, my whatever, my bad basil year or like can't grow carrots, literally can't try all the time, can't grow. Um, Things just don't work sometimes. So I think showing that reality is important because it's just real. It just is. It doesn't matter how experienced you are, how passionate you are sometimes the environment, it just doesn't work. So I encourage people to think about it like test, like a trial, build your instincts, take risks. If you want to test something, go for it. If you can afford to test something, go for it. But in the past, I've had way more success in the fall. So if you are somewhere that can grow close to year round, you're in a Southern zone, nine, 10, 11, maybe even a little bit of eight, if you've got some sort of season extending approach going on, like a high tunnel or a greenhouse. Fall is more no fail than spring, in my opinion, less pest, less crazy weather, less fungus because the weather is more steady. You don't have all the heat and humidity typically. And so I just love fall. And I've found that fall crops, even like some Asian greens. I had a great bok choy year two years ago. My kids opened up a seed packet of bok choy and it just fell on top of like crusted over hard clay dirt. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. This was before my raised beds. 
this is in-ground gardening. I had built these berms and they like got so excited, ripped open the package. All the seeds fell out, not on the freshly composted, perfectly beautiful berm, but on the pathway really. So I kind (laughs) of zhuzhed them in with my fingers and threw a little compost on top. And it was incredible. I mean, we've never had such beautiful bok choy formed perfectly. Everything was great. So I've had a ton of success in the fall trying new things and getting things to just be okay in a more inhospitable environment. So I want to encourage you this fall to really take chances, but also to see how far you can push your crops into spring. Things like rainbow chard, I find, will allow you to grow it longer and farther than you could ever imagine. So play around with starting things at different times. Fava beans, like I had mentioned earlier, I've had some failure in terms of it gets in the spring. It's like, I'm just starting to get my fava beans, but I need that space for all my spring summer stuff. I've started it too late. So that's why I'm kind of pushing to get it in early, trying to learn from that mistake a little bit. I find those take a little while to get going personally. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, something else I find I want to start always in summer. I always want to have marigolds in with my tomatoes, but they don't do well for me until fall, until it's cooler. So now would be a great time to put some marigolds in. I've just had those fail over and over. Actually, this entire summer, I've tried marigolds and they just die. I'm sure there's a lot of user gardener error happening there in terms of watering inconsistently and things like that. But um, it's now, September's also a really great time if you buy transplants to get a bunch of marigolds in to be able to have around in October. I love doing an ofrenda for Dia de los Muertos. And marigolds are always, it's so fun to make a marigold garland or just scatter them on your ofrenda if you do that or use them in your cooking. I made these insanely good marigold sticky buns. Oh my word, it's on my blog. I'll put it in the show notes. So good. I like the smell and taste of marigolds. Some people are totally repulsed by it. So keep that in mind. Okay, last two things I want to talk about uh, today. One is the investments I'm making in the garden. So (laughs) we remodeled my garden space this year and that was a ginormous investment And I honestly, I went over budget. I don't even want to talk about it by like over, over, I would say over $15,000 in budget because of dirt removal and some background information. We moved into this home. There was a giant patch of mulch that I was like there, there, we can buy the house now because there's room for the garden underneath all this mulch. Well, pull back the mulch. And what it was, was basically construction dumping ground for old roadbed. And I can't even get started on it, but our house was, we bought a flipped home. So someone remodeled it and we bought it after it was done. And they had built a road to get in the back with heavy equipment and then just buried all that material instead of removing it because it's expensive to remove it and take it to the dump or whatever. So I had to pay for all that to be removed because roadbed is a mixture of like gravel and like silt and chunks of cement. And I mean, it's just, you cannot grow life in that, nor do you want to consume whatever byproducts are leaching out of it. So I had to take away like 10 dump trucks full of this roadbed to get us down to a a graded 
manageable space. So that was quite the large investment. And now we're making more investments, but these are smaller, smaller. Um, I am going to be getting hoops. I've ordered little hoops. So these are little like half semicircle metal wire hoops that will support either frost cover if you experience frost or I use it for netting to keep bugs away. I'm just having the hardest time with these cabbage loopers. And so this will help give a structure to keep all that out, especially important for my broccoli and cauliflower, which just will not be able to withstand the loopers and the aphids that come. Last year, I tested out this netting and it was so brilliant. And I had such a great growing season with the broccoli. So um, Gardeners makes adjustable hoops that I want to get. Those are sort of the most aesthetically pleasing and practical that I've seen, but they are an investment because I'm going to need, I think I'll need enough for four to six beds. And then that's probably four hoops per bed, 16 hoops. I mean, it adds up. So hoops and cover I'll be investing in this season. And then I'll say the best investment is always in your soil. And for me, um, that's meant buying a lot of bagged compost. The bulk compost I've gotten in the past was either too hot or full of wood chips, which are both big no-nos. So um, I found this company called, I mean, this is not sponsored, called Number Two Organics. And the founder of Malibu Compost, which sells an incredible bagged product, partnered up with a gentleman who actually um, I know in person randomly. So they started this soil company. They sell topsoil, um, potting soil, and compost. And that's the best compost I've found that's like in the price point that I want. I could do Malibu's is the most expensive. And then this number two organics, which is just as good, incredible in my opinion. So I've invested in that. And again, 10 raised beds, four foot by eight foot. That's like a lot of compost, but that's basically, you know, it's primarily what I'm amending with and using as mulch. So those are the biggest things I'm really investing in this year. And I will keep everyone updated to see how that turns out. And I will put the, all that info in the show notes today. And then the last thing I want to tell you about and remind you of is garden journaling. So I keep a garden journal and it's not like a dear diary stream of consciousness, although do that too. Um, what I do is I draw my beds out every year and then I keep a running list of what I've planted, the date I've planted it, whether it was direct sown or transplanted. I try to keep track of the variety. I want to start getting better about that. So I know, you know, a certain type of romaine works well or whatnot. So you're not wasting your time on, you know, all, all different plants have different varieties. There can be five different types of romaine and some will do better in colder climates versus warmer climates, vice versa. So those are the little things as you advance in your gardening journey that will start to matter. Um, so I keep track of that. And then I keep track of how long it takes for the seeds to either germinate or for me to get to harvest from a transplant and then loosely how much I planted of everything. So I know if it was a sufficient amount. Um, I talk about the companions I planted it with and just take general notes, pests that you find, fungus, disease, any of that, all important to put in the garden journal. And I just find that year over year, it's really helpful. 
I had a garden journal from my very first garden I planted. And it was actually kind of a combo. I had a lot of like personal musings in there too. And it got lost when I was traveling one weekend. I'm certain I left it at a hotel when I called. They swore they didn't have it. And anyways, I'm still mad about it. Not mad, sad. I'm sad about it. Like there's precious information in there. So now I have no record of last year's garden, when I started anything, what did well, other than my memory, I could probably look back in my phone or on Instagram, whatever, but it doesn't have, you know, it's not the same. So I recommend everyone get a garden journal. All I do, I buy a blank journal that has graph paper, like graphed paper inside with the little squares. Cause then I can draw out my beds and I don't know. I, that's just how I work. I, I use that for a notebook too. I literally go by like the mead plain, nothing fancy. Like everyone loves a fancy journal, me included. I mean, I could just be in that aisle and target and just go crazy, but they never work for me when someone else's structure and information's involved for some reason, it just doesn't work. So I just go blank. I ordered mine this year on Amazon. I love it. Easy peasy. So I hope this is helpful. If you guys have questions, you can always email me or DM me on Instagram. If you're loving the show, which I hope you are, feel free to subscribe or leave a review is so helpful. I sit and check it and get so excited (laughs) because we're still new and I'm just grateful that you're here. So thank you for tuning in and we will be back soon with a very special guest next week. I'm so excited about. I hope this episode has been balm for the soul and inspiration for the heart. I would love if you left a review to let me know your thoughts or anything you're interested in learning. And I'm so grateful that you found this space. For more information on any techniques, recipes, or ideas mentioned, visit us at baileyvantassel.com slash podcast.